Good morning, everyone. It's good to have uh, my sister Sherry and brother-in-law Travis here with us this morning. If you wondered who these folks down here are this morning, um, they came up from Texas this weekend to... Uh, we went to the Nebraska-Illinois game uh, Friday night. Uh, Travis is a Nebraska fan, and so he came out a lot better than I did <laughs> on Friday night, but uh, it's good to have them here with us visiting this weekend. And it's good to be back with all of you today. It looked like from what I saw on Facebook from last week, you had a very good, interesting, and encouraging message last Sunday with the missionaries that were here from Ecuador. Uh, It's not too often that we have a message that is translated from one language to another, and so uh, that was very, very interesting to see. So I'll start this morning by asking a question. How is everybody doing this morning? You don't have to respond. Just think in your mind. How are you doing this morning? And I want you to know that no matter how you answered that or would answer that, or how you do feel this morning, I hope that this message can be an encouragement for you. Because we're going to look into God's Word today and hear about what God thinks about you. And as God has said in Genesis about the rest of His creation, it is good. It is very good. And so let's turn in our Bibles together this morning to the first chapter of John, the Gospel of John. <clears throat> if you will turn there. And while you're, while you're finding that, uh, I'll share something cute or funny that I ran across this week in an email. This little girl was sitting on her grandfather's lap. <clears throat> and he was reading her a bedtime story one night. And uh, from time to time, she would reach up, take her eyes off, and she would touch his face his wrinkled face and cheeks, and she would uh, then stroke her own cheek. And finally she said, Grandpa, did God make you? And he said, well, yes, sweetheart, of course. God made me a long time ago. And she said, oh, she said, Grandpa, did, did God make me too? And he said, yes, indeed, honey. He said, God made you just a little while ago. And so she felt their faces, both of their faces once again. The little girl said, God's getting better at it, isn't he? (laughs) All right, the first chapter of John. This is a testimony of who Jesus was, is, and always has been as the Son of God. And when John mentions the word here in these verses, he is referring to Jesus. When he says that. But the main verse that we're going to focus on this morning uh, is verse 12, at the very end, where it proclaims that you and I, as believers in Jesus and believers of that testimony, are children of God. And so I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, the NLT, this morning, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, To tell about the light so that 
everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. And here's verse 12. It says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus came to save you from your sins, and that through Jesus everything has been created, then you believe that Jesus is God. This first chapter of John, is, uh, the, this gospel is really a key moment when the things that Jesus did, the things that Jesus taught, and the things that Jesus has accomplished for the world, it's all mentioned right here together in these verses. It proclaims that Jesus is the creator, that Jesus is the sustainer, an eternal God that has existed from the very beginning. It also proclaims that Jesus is the source of eternal life and the foundation of all truth. And that says a lot for just being 12 verses, doesn't it? There's a lot packed in there. So if you ever feel like your life is too complex for God to understand, you need to remind yourself that He created you, His love for you is immense, and nothing is too difficult for God to see you through. And if those things are true, then verse 12 makes this relationship with Jesus very personal. It says that you are a child of God. In fact, the whole entire Bible says that. It is one of the main messages that we have in Scripture. That we are God's children. That God loves us. That God wants the best for us. But this morning, I want you to make it a little more personal. You are a child of God. God loves you. And God wants the best for you. No matter what you thought of yourself coming in here this morning, you need to leave today knowing that you are the apple of God's eye. That saying is best known by how we often use it to describe a son or a daughter, maybe, in comparison to their parents. You know, we often hear maybe someone say, she is the apple of her mother's eye, or... Or he is the apple of his father's eye. And and that's sometimes used uh, with grandparents as well. 
It's a phrase that actually became popular way back in 1816 when Sir Walter Scott used it in his popular novel named Old Morality. But it was used way before that. In fact, it is used several times even in Scripture in our Bibles. The most notable use is the actual word-for-word description of it or proclamation of it in Deuteronomy 32.10. It's when Moses recites the words to a song about God's people. It says, For the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob His allotted heritance. In a desert land He found Him, in a barren and howling waste. He shielded Him and cared for Him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. So, as a child of God, you are someone that God cherishes and loves like no one else on this earth can cherish and love someone. You are the apple of God's eye. And Jesus wants you to live with that truth in your mind at all times. Why? Well, because there are powers of darkness out there in the world that are going to try to tell you otherwise. Some years ago, a Christian singer, Matthew West, wrote a song that was titled, Hello, My Name Is. And it was a song to dispel the negative names that we often hear or that we experience out there in the world. Some of the names that he mentions in the song, and it shows actually on the video, if you watch the video of the song, some of the names are regret, mistake, defeat, loser, stupid, alone, forgotten, and so on. I don't know, perhaps you could add one or two to that list that has lied to you in the past, or even maybe this past week. The song then says this, Those are the voices. These are the lies I have believed in for the very last time. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I've been saved, changed, and set free. And then he says, sings, Amazing grace is my song I sing. There's actually a story behind that song. Um, Matthew West put a whole album of songs together that were written about people who had written letters to him. Uh, And that song particularly was written about a college student named Jordan who was addicted to um, alcohol and to drugs. He wrote about how he went from a miserable life of mistakes and regrets to finding who he really was in Jesus Christ. And his life began to look and feel totally different. He wrote to Matthew and said that when he realized he was a child of God, it gave him a whole new perspective, a whole new purpose in life. Just like Jordan's parents you know, didn't want to see him lost in a world of sin and despair. God didn't either. 
He is their child. They loved him and they cared for him and they prayed for him. And Jesus watched over him. As I said, there are so many verses and passages in the Bible that that testify to this truth. Paul says uh, that you are no longer a slave to sin, that you are not condemned. John 15, Jesus calls us his friend. 2 Corinthians 5, it said, you are a new creation in Christ. And in the Psalms, David says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And that wherever you go, God is there to guide you with his right hand. That's just the, you know, the tip of the iceberg, really. I mean, scripture is full of these names that God has for you. And none of them match the hurtful, harmful, and damaging names that the world throws at you or labels you with. And you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. God is for you, not against you. I love what it says in Ephesians 3. It says, I am a member of Christ's body and a partaker of his promise. I have boldness and confident access to God through my faith in Christ. You know, we we often talk about um, the family of God. We sing about it. But do we embrace the promise of what it means? I mean, the family of God means that you are a child of God. You know, doctors and others often tell us uh, what we have to, or that it's important for us to to have a healthy self-esteem. You need to feel loved. You need to have purpose. You need to feel secure and significant. You need to belong. But the Lord knew those things long before the doctors ever would tell us that. You know, Jesus understands those things that we need and he provides them in our relationship with him and with the church family. We are significant to God and he desires for us to have a healthy and well-rounded relationship with Jesus and with other believers. You know, we, we talk about it often. We may not always agree on everything, but we need to see each other as Jesus sees us. He loves us in spite of our sins, but he doesn't want to leave us there in, that, in those sins. You know, if a child is uh, going down a, a dangerous path and, and making terrible decisions or maybe choosing to rebel against their parents, it should concern the parents, rightly so. It does. Because they love their child and they want to see good in their life, not destruction. And so, you know, parents should, of course, and do often lovingly steer them back to the right path. Sometimes that's through loving discipline. Much of the time it is through prayer, daily prayer, 
And of course, the parents remaining hopeful that uh, their child will return home like the prodigal son did in Jesus' parable. And we need to be ready to receive them with open arms, just how that parable ends. In Luke 15, the, the son says, Father, he comes to his sense and says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He says, make me like one of the hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the father said to his servants after that, said, quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let's have a feast. And let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is now found. And so they began to celebrate. You know, in the midst of all of that, that, pain and difficulty that the father endured in that parable. We see, we know that the child was still loved. And as a child of God, that's how Jesus sees us. That's how Jesus sees you. When you are on a wrong path, Jesus wants to gently and lovingly bring you back to the right path and restore that relationship to what it should be. One of the most uh, discouraging things in our world is how many people have been, you know, beaten down by those voices that demean us and try to destroy us. I mean, even if you don't like the choices someone is making or you don't see eye to eye with someone, you have no right to call them names or To destroy them as a person. Because they are made in the image of God just like you are. Just like I am. Here's what the much respected writer Henry Nouwen says about this. He says, the world tells you many lies about who you are. And you simply have to be realistic enough to remind yourself of this. Every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected... You have to dare to say to yourself, these feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. The truth, even though I can't feel it right now, is that I am a chosen child of God. I am precious in, the chi- in, the eye, in God's eyes. Called the beloved from all eternity and held safe in everlasting embrace. You know, what what Nowen is saying there is that you, as a believer, are the apple of God's eye. You are somebody. You are important. You are loved. And, you know, you need to know that for yourself, and then you need to let that love flow through you and into the life of others that God has put into your path. 
I heard a wonderful story about a lady named Rosemarie Hart. She delivered mail in West Virginia for over 30 years. For the first seven years being a mail carrier, she said her one goal every day was, you know, to be to get the right letter in the right box and to get over, get it over with as soon as possible and get home and get on with her life. But then something happened to her. A friend invited her to church one Sunday. And she learned about Jesus. She accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And she began to live as a new creation. And as a child of God. And she said, she said from then on, from that point on, I looked at my mail route in a different way. For the first time, she said, I really began to see the people along my route and listen to them. She said, I knew them by name, of course, because I delivered their mail all the time. I knew some of their stories, she said. But now I heard many other things. Disputes in the house or great joy in this house because of a birth. I heard celebration over here because of an impending wedding that was coming. I heard grief over in this house because of a death. So you see, Rosemary began treating everyone along her mail route as though they were her brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether they were Christian or not, she treated them that way. When some of the people on her route were interviewed, they said, she is just a breath of fresh air to us. And some of those who were actually homebound, some seniors said, she is the only contact that we have with the outside world. She is so important in our lives. You see, because Rosemarie discovered that she was somebody in Christ, she became committed to letting other people know that they were somebody as well. Instead of her job just being a job to get a paycheck, she started to view it as a ministry, and it totally changed her perspective. And I bet you it changed her life as well as all these other people on her route. The wonderful thing about the Christian faith is that God sees you in only one way. And his love for you is not based on status or race or success or nationality. It's not based on your past or any other worldly division that we like to to make. You are simply what John 1 and so many other verses in the Bible say, say about you. You are a child of God. And what happened in Rosemary's life is what can happen in your life when you embrace that title as a child of God. See, it opens doors. It opens doors to help others embrace that title about themselves as well. And, you know, we live in a time in which drug overdoses... Alcoholism, loneliness, 
sexual abuse, and suicide are at alarming levels. People need a new name. Not a different name than, than what was on their birth certificate. A different name than what the world has described them as. And perhaps that's true for someone or some of you here today as well. Don't listen to the lies anymore. Listen to what God says you are and who, who God created you to be. There's only one requirement to being called a child of God. And John says that you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, believe in Him as God. And, you know, in Galatians 3, it says that it is through faith in Jesus that we are called children of God. You don't earn it. You know, you don't have to go through a long process to become a citizen. You simply have to receive, believe, and have faith in Jesus. Finally, in closing, one of the songs that we often sing is a perfect reminder of these promises that we've talked about today in Scripture. Every time we sing this song, we say, I am a child of God. Yes, I am. But the other words are great reminders for us as well. Who the sun sets free, it says, we sing, is free indeed. We sing, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. And then there's this, the hymn that we are going to end with this morning. The love of God for you is greater than any tongue or pen could ever tell. So let's not, let's not forget those promises, along with all of the other promises that we have heard in God's word this morning. You are loved by God, exclamation mark. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning and we know that the world often labels us something or calls us something. Perhaps it's other people that have called us names or said this about us and said this about our past or, or spoken things that are negative about us. Lord, today we've heard from your word and we know that you only have one name for us as believers and followers, and that is a child of God. We are your children. This is our church family, Lord. And we are so thankful that you have saved us and delivered us from the sin of this world, the sin in our lives, that grace is the name that we can be called by. And Lord, I just, I pray for anyone here this morning, anyone watching online who may be struggling with images of them, themselves that is not of you. Perhaps somebody at school or at work has been uh, calling them names or referring to them uh, in a negative light. I pray, Lord, that they would know that you love them and that you are their child. 
And they need to listen to that voice instead of those other voices. Be with us all, Lord, as we go out into this world and face those many voices and and things that are challenging in our lives sometimes. I pray that you give us strength and give us reminders each and every day of who we are in you and who we are in Jesus Christ. I pray your blessing on each one here today. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.